We thank you for the messages that we have already heard, that certainly you are far more precious than anything on this planet. And we thank you, Father, for the the mercy and the grace we have that comes by your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the simple yet profound message that Jesus loves me. And I pray, Father, now that you would help us as we go into your word, that you would help me to speak clearly by the power of your Holy Spirit and to the glory of your name. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to take a moment this morning. I'm going to pause our series of messages. If you're a visitor, we've been talking about last or end things. Uh, We're going to pause that, and we are going to acknowledge what we as a society, as a culture, as however you want to describe it, we have set aside a day to acknowledge mothers. Now, I could stand here and tell you all about my mom, and I could tell you about the many things or the things that I know about that... uh, Uh, She did, like her ever-present quest to get me to church and every excuse possible I had not to go. I can tell you about a grandmother who uh, showed a a significant amount of mercy to a grandson who was rowdy and destructive and most often did not, when I visited her home, something broke. And I can tell you about a grandmother that, well, I didn't get to see her as much as Uh, I saw my other grandmother, she was always faithful to make sure that I had a birthday card or something that would arrive uh, signifying the significance of a life event. I'm thankful for the heritage that I have because of the women that uh, have given me all different types of life. On this day, there are going to be a lot of people putting up messages on social media Perhaps your child has already done that for you. We're going to send hundreds of thousands, according to Hallmark, hundreds of thousands of cards will be mailed today. Maybe already it's happened, but moms are going to receive flowers and food and other items of value. This morning as a church, as we have for the last month planning for this day, have been giving out gifts of a a picture with your children and some other items. And by the way, if you're a mom this morning and you haven't received something, make sure you do before you go. Uh, If you want, you can just stand in the back awkwardly and we'll find you eventually. This morning, a lot of churches, and I've been in these churches, are going to recognize the oldest mother. And I'm not going to answer that question this morning. They'll recognize perhaps the mom with the most kids or the grandmother with the most uh, grandkids. But all that is happening today, the thing that I want to make sure that we understand is that all of it is good and right. And how do we know that all of this is good and right? Because of our text this morning. Honor your father and mother. Now that phrase, verse 12 of our text, that appears several times in the Bible, but I kind of want to come back here to its original appearance so that we can understand the context. It was first given If we just take a little bit of time and we note some things about the Ten Commandments, which many of us are familiar with, we'll note, first of all, that honor your father and mother is only one of two commands that are put in the positive. 
their positive actions that we are commanded to take, pretty much everything else is given to us in the negative. Have no other gods, do not bear false witness, do not steal, do not murder, and so on. And we should also note in the Ten Commandments that we have at the beginning a command to, uh, to uh, our thoughts and an ending command to our thoughts. We're not to make an image of God. We're supposed to confine our imaginations about God, our thinking about God, to the ways in how he has revealed himself. In the last commandment, we are to restrict our imagination to the things that God has blessed us with and not covet what our neighbor has. We should note in the Ten Commandments, we have commands here concerning our words. We are not to use empty or pointless words or phrases when we refer or talk to or about God. And we note that we are not to make empty or false words when it comes to our neighbor. My point here is simply this. As we go through the Ten Commandments, we find that these are commandments that are for life. And they're for every part of our life. And they are for the purpose of keeping our lives balanced. Because life certainly does get out of balance, doesn't it? As big and little things happen to us, we begin to to lose track of what we should be doing or what we should not be doing. And I would suggest to you this morning that in, in a broad sense, as a culture, we have lost our balance in many different ways that are related to this simple phrase, honor your father and mother. And so I would like to this morning very quickly show you out of this text that this text has some pretty significant things to say to us today. Number one. The first thing I would like you to see is this, that honoring parents is commanded. Honoring parents is commanded. Now, the very first word that we encounter here in verse 12 is the word honor. And so we need to establish what the Bible means by that. Well, to give you the simplest definition that I could come up with, it is this. It is to acknowledge a source of life. If you are going to honor, you are honoring or acknowledging to honor is to acknowledge a source of life. Let me explain it this way. A lot of organizations will have a banquet. And at that banquet, you will often talk about or you'll see maybe in a program that you're handed an honored guest. And that honored guest can be all sorts of different people, but they're there, they're honored because that person... They're acknowledging that that person is playing a significant role in the work or the life of that organization. I think of the Women's Resource Center. They have a banquet every year. They often will have an honored guest, and sometimes it's a donor, somebody who's given far beyond what anybody would ask them to give. Or sometimes it's a politician who has a long history of, uh, of being on record and helping with those kind of causes. Or they'll have a speaker who has a talent and opportunities to influence and, and, and encourage people. To honor, the point here is that to honor is to acknowledge a source of life. Now, if we go through our Bible, we will note that there are multiple commands when it comes to honoring. For example, in the book of Romans, we are generally commanded to show honor to whomever honor is due. We're told to honor the king. 
We're told to honor teaching elders in the church. We're told to honor those who show a, a devotion or a love for the church. And we're even called to a competition to outdo one another in showing each other honor. And what we are doing is acknowledging each of these things is a source of life. A king will order his government. He will make decisions. Even in our democratic republic, we understand that politicians every day make decisions that will impact your and my life. And of course, we look to those who are teaching elders in a church and we say, you know what, they impart spiritual food so that the Christian or the believer may live and grow. And you might think right now of someone you would recognize, somebody who has been personally a source of life for you, maybe a mentor, maybe a a close friend. But understanding all of that, we go to this command, honor your father and mother. So, of course, this morning we have to admit, in the most literal sense, your mother is a source of life, isn't she? We should also even note that in every, pretty much every culture, mothers are the primary caregiver. The Bible tells us that, uh, that God has given women physical and emotional and spiritual tools so they can cultivate physical and emotional and spiritual life in their children. And so we are being, in this text, commanded by God to acknowledge this, to honor mothers. But I would suggest to you this morning that we do not take this command seriously. And the first way that I notice is that we like to reduce this kind of command. So it's Mother's Day. Perhaps this morning, if you live with your mom or are around your mom, maybe you paid extra special attention not to get irritated with her when she asks you a question. And you say, you know what? I honored my mother this morning because I didn't yell at her when she got on my nerves. And I would say to you, no. You respected your mother this morning, but that's not what you're being commanded to do here. You are being commanded by the God of the universe to purposely find a way to acknowledge that she has given you life of several types. He is calling you, he is commanding you to find ways to honor her, perhaps in publicly praising her. To honor her by giving her things of value, like money, things that will encourage her, lift her up, like detailing her car, Troy. This is a purposeful, positive action commandment. We are not to reduce it down to just do her no harm. But the second way we don't take this seriously is we think that we can exchange the wisdom of this command with our own wisdom. We live in a culture that has deceived itself into thinking that there is humility to be found in pointing out the negative. We somehow think that it's wise and humble to make sure that everybody knows that our mom wasn't perfect. Or I'll illustrate what I'm trying to say this way. We live in a time, and we see it almost every day now, that we are taking down heritage 
and elevating a recognition of failure. We are taking away statues and pictures that were built and painted and hung to honor bravery and courage. To honor men who, whose actions were directly related to the birth of the freest nation on the planet. Yet we have become a people who think that wisdom and humility is where we, uh, or is what we get when we tear these things down with contempt. But what we must understand is the command here is to honor. This is the positive action command that God has given us as a people. That what is good in the eyes of God is not blasting your mother's failures for all to hear. The command to honor should not be neglected. We should not fear simply because we know we are not going to do it perfectly. That should not be licensed to abandon what we've been commanded to do. And some of us may not even know how. But once again, we are commanded to find a way. And I know there can be fear when it's like, you know, we can use honor to manipulate or to divide. Well, we do certainly keep an eye on our heart for such things, but we still must obey. Honoring parents is commanded. Number two this morning. Honoring parents is honoring God. Honoring parents is honoring God. We would note again the first four of the commandments, the Ten Commandments here, are prioritized to loving God. Loving God is a distinct thing, always must come first. We go through these commandments, we're called to a soul loyalty to God. We must be loyal to him alone. We are again called to worship, to to have our worship governed, not by what we imagine, but by what he has revealed. We're told not to take his name in vain, so we are to respect God in the way we speak of him. We see this uh, command to keep the Sabbath, and so we are to pattern our lives in imitation of him. But what we learn with the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother, is that there is no such thing as concern for God that means you get to ignore your relationship with people. In fact, Jesus points this out. He says all of the law, everything God has said can be summed up in this. Love God, love your neighbor. The two are intertwined. And while the first command, love the Lord your God, is called the greatest command in the Bible, we're also told that loving your neighbor should be a direct result of loving God. And then later in 1 John, we're told that loving your neighbor is a good test about whether or not you truly do love God. We see the text commands, it says, honor your father and mother, but there's more here, isn't there? It says, so that you may be, or your days may be long in the land that the Lord God has given you. And what I want you to note here is that then that means the command is given to children. What this command does is it tells children that God has given structure or design to society. That moms and dads are the Lord's wisdom. And it is the Lord's wisdom that causes societies to flourish. 
And I want you to note here in verse 12 that there is no moral clause. There is no honor your father and mother as long as they are righteous. Now the Bible distinctly, it makes a distinction between to honor and to obey. Later in Ephesians, we're told that we are to obey our parents as long as it is in the Lord or under the Lordship of Christ. But there is no moral clause that comes with this command to honor. And what we're being told here is that obedience to this command is a vital part of a society with a long life. It's not just so that one generation can be stable, but many and so when we, we, we honor God, when we obey him, and we honor God, when we honor God, uh, we honor God, when we honor the structure and design that he has given for a healthy and prosperous society. The command comes up in Jesus' day. He says, you take this command of God, this honor your father and mother. And he says to the religious leaders, you've replaced it. He says, you've, you've changed it. You see, they were saying to children that any wealth or any, anything they had or that they would normally use to honor their parents, they were allowed to do, take it and give it to the maintenance of the temple instead. You see, they thought their idea, that the, the kept up temple, which certainly was a central part of their life and faith, they thought that keeping up the temple was more important to a healthy society than God's direct command to honor fathers and mothers. And Jesus says, this is not good. We have to acknowledge, of course, that the Bible is speaking to us with the presupposition. It assumes here a covenant family, a Christian family. And so we have to ask the question, what about a mother or father that are wicked? Do we still honor them? Does honoring such people still honor the Lord? Well, I would say to you this morning, if you are a Christian this morning, the answer is yes. And here's why. Because the Lord is honored when you acknowledge the good. See, whether or not you've experienced it, whether or not you had the, a covenant Christian mother, you still are called by God to acknowledge that moms are a part of God's plan for a healthy society. You're still called to acknowledge that mothering is something that comes from the mind of God. It is not something that comes from us. And so when we honor motherhood, we honor the Lord. Or I'll illustrate it this way by what I mean. So years as a youth pastor, I had several kids who came through my youth group who came from what we'll just say difficult or tragic home situations. And one of the things that I had to be careful about is ever believing that having me as their youth pastor was somehow a better arrangement for them than having their mom and dad. The world has many times used the justification of wicked parents to try and support or try to make the argument that some other design could be good or even better. Now, I'll say this. We know that living with a grandparent is certainly better sometimes than living with wicked parents. But we also must understand that living with even the most godly grandparents is not the design and will never replace the design. 
And we must understand that we have sinful hearts always looking for justification to be disobedient. We are always be wooing, we are always being wooed by the world to take on its fault-finding spirit. But we are never to be of that spirit. The Bible tells us that love hopes all things. We believe in redemption, yes? We believe that we can be a people who start new traditions, new patterns, new standards. That we are called by the grace of Christ to reach for nobler things. And none of that excuses or whitewashes wickedness. But instead what we are told is that it helps to actually snuff it out. That love covers a multitude of sins. That we overcome evil with good. It's honoring to God. To honor what he has told us. To honor. Number three. Lastly, this morning, honoring parents is instructive. Honoring parents is instructive. Let's remember the context of these Ten Commandments. The people that are being given these commands from God have already been set free. These are not conditions to be free. It was not God's intention to deliver them out of Egypt and then put them into some whole different type of bondage. No, the law was intended to establish them in their freedom. Let me maybe illustrate it this way. If you're watching TV, you watch the news, and you see people living in conditions that are terrible, you instinctively know, don't you, that no human being should ever live that way. Something about you is aware that human beings or that life has value. But our instincts will only get us so far. I might see an injustice. I might recognize the injustice. But my instincts don't tell me what to do. So we have to go beyond instinct. We have to go to what, to the question, what will really achieve the good, And that's what these Ten Commandments and the rest of the law were about, is instruction as to what is the good. The psalmist would often say, I love the law of God. They will talk about how it exposes wrong paths. The psalmist will say over and over again that the more they tied themselves to the law of God, the more they found liberty. The New Testament makes it very clear. And says specifically that the law was good and without fault. And that the issue was always that we could not keep the law. And the issue was always the fact that the law was never intended to create a new heart. New hearts have always been formed by faith. The just shall live by faith. But if we go back to the beginning of this sermon... To the idea that to honor is to acknowledge a source of life. To note that the Bible tells us to outdo each other. To compete for how much we honor each other. To honor the king. To honor teaching elders. And like here, to honor our fathers and mothers. What he is calling us to do is learn how to acknowledge him. By this practice of doing it for the king and for the elders and for mothers and fathers and for each other. We learn how to do it for him. You see, because the Christian understands that, that he is the ultimate source of life. We understand that we, in our physical lives, are designed in purpose. We were created 
We bear the image of God. We were stitched together by his hand. He is our source of life. But we also acknowledge that God is the source of our eternal life. That we would not this morning as Christians, we would not have eternal life if it was not for his grace and mercy that he actively showed by sending his son Jesus. And so we learn two things from honoring our parents. And the first is this, that we understand what is good. And despite what we want to think about ourselves, we do struggle with this. We have a great deal of trouble with this. We are often not able to understand or to see the good. We often confuse the good with evil. We have hearts that will find every justification to choose evil and pleasure for a sinful season. So we understand that to honor our father and mother is to establish ourselves in freedom. And so we, t- we seek to teach our children and our grandchildren to honor our heritage, not despise it in some form of false humility. Of course, we can continue to expand this. And just like mothers and fathers, this command helps us to understand how we're to treat each other. Again, Romans 12, the Bible says, in response to the redemptive mercy that God has shown us by sending his son, in response, we are to outdo each other, showing honor. You see, because the gospel comes in and it is heard and it is believed. And the Bible says at that moment, that individual before God is glorified. And so we don't look at this out of the gospel. We don't create a culture of criticism, but a culture of honor. Because that person is now glorified and honored before the king of the universe. Who are we to lower their station? But then the second instruction is to understand how we are to relate ourselves to God. As I mentioned earlier, the second command to make no graven image is a command to limit our imagination about God to what he has told us about himself. And here he reveals that he is worthy of honor as one who is the ultimate life giver. For just our physical lives alone, he is worthy of honor from us. But he has also sent his son, Jesus Christ, so that we might have eternal life. And so just like many of you will do for your mom or perhaps have already done for your mom today. And because he has done this for us as Christians, we gather together as we have this morning to an appointed time to sing and speak and to honor him as the ultimate life giver. And as you've seen this morning, we give him our gifts of offering. We recount all that he has taught us and we give thanks for all that he has done for honoring our parents instructs us how to honor God. So if you have the ability, if you have the opportunity to honor your mom today, it is good to do so. Don't reduce it now to just, don't reduce it down to just being nice. Don't look at it as a day that you just got to try hard to stay out of trouble. And don't give in to the world's wisdom of airing out or pointing out faults and failures as if it's supposed to be some tool of humility. Honor God this morning by honoring your mother. 
and acknowledge that she is a part of God's design for your health and prosperity. And practice this certainly more than just today. For this command to honor your mother and father is a command that teaches. It teaches you what is good. It establishes you in freedom. And it certainly it teaches you how to acknowledge your ultimate life giver. And the one who offers you eternal life through his son Jesus. Let's pray. Father. This simple command. One line. Just a handful of words. Honor our father and mother. I pray you would make us a people who take it seriously. That would practice it. Understand that it instructs us. And it is honoring to you. And it informs and shapes us. So we can love and we can worship and we can honor you for all that you've done for us through your son, Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen.